It's the BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Your daily download of X929's X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. It's Wednesday, August 17th, 2022. I'm Beckler. I'm Shauna. Welcome to today's show. Welcome to it. Got a heritage moment since it's Wednesday, an etymology for you. We're going to talk about a drug that you don't hear about that much anymore. Buck and Pat make an appearance. This is kind of cool. Uh, friend of the show, Scott, who lives in Saskatoon. His little guy is uh, six or seven, I want to say. And he's had some heart complications over the years. I think he's doing a lot better now, but he's had all these heart surgeries. Oh God. And through the Make-A-Wish Foundation, he asked if he could meet the Jays. So last night, uh, he was at the Jays game, and he threw out the opening pitch. Oh, that is awesome. Which is super cool. I want to watch it now. I'm going to yeah. go rewatch it and see. I'm waiting for Scott to post a clip of it or something. He, he posted a few things on Instagram yesterday of, like, uh, their experience. Oh, that's Kind cool. of before the game, but I haven't seen any clips of the actual throw yet. But that's awesome. Yeah, I thought that was so cool. So I hope, I hope it went well. I hope it was everything that his kid, he calls him Rocky. I hope it's everything that... I. He wanted it to be very I'd cool. much prefer Rocky throwing out the first pitch than the A&W spokesman, like when I was at the Jays game. <laughs> yeah, so, or like... Come on. You know, like some CanCon star or something, you know? Like, yeah. It's way cooler to have a kid like that, for way sure. Cooler. So I hope he zipped it in there. I hope he did a good job. Uh, we're going to talk about Woodstock 99, the documentary that's on Netflix. Some Vancouver Soft content. A dumb question that Shauna asked, but I also didn't know the answer to, so we're both dumb. We're dumb together. <laughs> Something funny my three-year-old niece said, the world is approaching a milestone. Shauna has an idea of how we should mark the occasion, but first, your out-of-context clip of the show. There's eight billion more of us out that yes. way, and we're having a bit of a party. You guys are invited if yeah, you, you want. Yeah, you want to come? They're like, I don't speak English. <laughs> the BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Yesterday on the show, you were talking about the slogans on the different provincial license plates around Canada. Yeah. And, and how, how some of them aren't they're, great. They're not good. No. And then I remembered that years and years ago on this show, uh, you and I took all the provincial license plates and we put what we felt were more honest slogans on there. And I had to dig way back through our computer's hard drive here to find it. But I did. Uh, Should we rattle some of these off, Shauna? Let's do it, yeah. Uh, We'll start up north. Northwest Territories, we were born here. What's your excuse? Yukon, lose yourself in the woods. (laughs) None of it. Cold with bears. British Columbia, better than wherever you're from. Saskatchewan, land of cousin loving. Ontario, Canada's only province. (laughs) There are others? They aren't aware. Nope. Prince Edward Island, we exist. That's a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Newfoundland and Labrador is land of single women and pogey. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. It's God's country out there. (laughs) Quebec, je suis le français. (laughs) New Brunswick, the crappier Nova Scotia. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, New Brunswick. Swampy Manitoba. That's beautiful. And Nova so, Scotia, fog and foggy. And of course, you have to take an Al- a pop at Alberta, too. Of course, yeah. Not wild rose country, but wild mood swing country. <laughs> we have our ups and downs here. Yes, indeed. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. I was reading that the population of the Earth is about to cross the 8 billion person mark. Wow. Like soon? Crazy. Uh, there's different predictors and people are guessing. And of course, you can't, you, you don't know exactly. But some people are saying by November of this year, okay. we're going to cross 8 billion people. Can we have an 8 billion party? An eight billion. We're at seven point nine nine seven billion right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, we need to have a universal party. I think when this happens, like a party across the globe. I was thinking about this. Is there is there anything that 
we celebrate universally, there isn't, right? A holiday that we celebrate across across the globe. The globe. There wouldn't be because, I mean, like Christmas and all no. the stuff that we celebrate in North America, I mean, you don't celebrate in other places. I mean, even Thanksgiving is different. New Year's would be the long. closest. Yes. But then it would be, it's always different times. and Yeah. But yeah. that would be the closest. You're absolutely right. New Year's would be the one that we would celebrate. I was thinking that we should organize this. I mean, we have the communication now to be able to tell everybody that we're all going to have this party. We can set a specific time, and the time can be across all different time zones, and everybody on the earth needs to celebrate yes. all at once when that happens. How cool would that be? Knowing that it every single person will be celebrating. Thinking that in some places where the population is growing the most quickly, it's not necessarily a good thing. I know. You know? I suppose so. Like some places that are, yeah. you know, dealing with even providing for the people that they have. I know. So it might not be seen as celebratory Fair. in some places. Or you even, can't even really amongst people stop who it, think, though. No, you, well, you sure can't. Um, and we are, we're far from done. I was reading a bit about like population projections. Yeah. And most projections out like 100 years from now think that the earth is going to kind of peak close to 11 billion people. So we have a little ways to go because like India is still growing like crazy. China is like leveling off Mm -hmm. and China's population is expected to start shrinking. Africa is just like on fire. Like their population is just like straight up. So Uh like Africa, I read that by the year 2100, like 50% of births are going to happen in Africa. Wow. So they've got like, yeah, Africa is going to get a lot bigger and many parts of Africa yeah. already have trouble providing for the people that live there. So there yeah, could be sure. some big issues. With that. I get what you're saying, though. You want like a, a moment of global unity, I right? Think, I think, to, to be honest, I just want a global party is what I want. And I think it would be pretty cool. Like we could blow at 8 billion candles. You know what I mean? Everybody take a couple candles and blow them all out at the same time. And we'd probably more or less even out to about 8 billion. How cool would that be? Thinking everybody across the globe all at once is just, you know, in this unitous moment. Maybe the biggest moment like that ever would have been the moon landing. Yeah, you're right. And if, I mean, the United States has plans to go back to the moon, and if that's broadcast mm-hmm. around the world and someone sets foot on the moon again, I wonder Maybe if that could instead. be the, the moment of national unity that you're looking for. Yeah. I get, The problem is you need unity. preparation, right? This is the thing, is that we need to know a definitive time when these things will happen so that we can organize this and, and communicate to everybody to get on. Like, I want to reach out to those non-contact tribes as well, get somebody in the jungle <laughs> to tell them about this. Like, I want everybody involved, so like, we need some planning. <laughs> There's 8 billion more of us out that yes. way, and we're having a bit of a party. You guys are invited if yeah, you, you want. Yeah, you want to come? And they're like, I don't speak English. <laughs> The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. This past weekend, uh, we had family in town. My niece Olivia was here, and she's three years old. Super cute. She has one of those, like, hilarious, nasally little kid voices. That's amazing. So everything she said is super funny. And she mispronounces certain words like popsicles or poxables and stuff like that. Uh, but we've talked before on the show about how you're supposed to teach your kids the proper names for their parts, right? Yes. It, which is kind of ironic coming from you and I, who have... Numerous names for every part. A million different euphemisms for your genitals. But with little kids, you're supposed to use the correct terms, right? right? Um, So she she said, I don't know why they were talking about, but she said that her brother has a penis and her mommy has a vagina. Mm -hmm. She has a vagina and her mommy's vagina has feathers. Oh, my God. (laughs) Was her mom mortified? Was she there when she said this? so funny, man. Oh, my God. Vagina feathers. Yeah, my brother has a penis. Oh I have a vagina, God. and my mommy's vagina has feathers. That is amazing. <laughs> the, the, 
It kind of reminds me of like when we, we thought maybe the dinosaurs had feathers, like yeah. when that revelation happened. The, no, they're the, actually feathered. The visual, the visual that I'm, I'm getting from this isn't good. I'm not going to lie, but hilarious. Oh my God. Vagina like feathers. A bird, like a actual bird feather. Yeah. Yeah. A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Yeah. That's. Oh uh, my God. Pretty just, funny. I'm picturing a feather boa down there now, just. Oh, you got some feathers, I see. Wow, yeah, yeah that's beautiful. Can you take flight with those? or trim your feathers there <laughs> on your butt. Can I pluck those for you? Or... DNS in 20 minutes or less. This might be a really dumb question, but do commercial planes have keys? <laughs> like, what about public buses? You know, do they actually have keys or is it just like a push start or something? I was thinking about this because I, I lost my keys yesterday and I couldn't find them for the life of me. And I was like, can you imagine like a, a pilot lost their keys? Yeah, that would suck. You know, like um, you you show up at the airport, you get through security, and like, oh, <laughs> no. I mean, I'd assume that in commercial airlines, you'd have a master key, even if there was a key. There'd be lots of people who could start the plane, probably not just this one set of keys that you happen to bring home with you, because obviously different pilots are, are all you know flying these planes. But what about even like a, a private pilot, like somebody who... So well, I was a client around. I was uh, I was curious about this. Yeah. So I reached out to a friend of mine who is a pilot for WestJet, mm -hmm. and uh, she and her husband own a small plane themselves. Yeah. The small plane has keys. Okay. Though they don't lock it when it's just sitting there because there's nothing you can really do with it. Interesting. Um, she said the 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 big commercial airliners do not have keys. You just have to know which buttons to push to get it started. Okay. So it is like yeah. a push start. Because I asked her, I was like... But it's not just an easy push start, I'm assuming. Not just anybody could climb in there and just hit the big on button, well, could you? She sent me that story. I don't know if you remember this, but in um, in 2018, there was that, that dude who stole a plane from the Seattle airport. Oh. Do you remember? A commercial plane. I yeah. don't really remember that. He was that. a ground agent for Horizon Air, I think, and he, he stole a plane, flew around for a bit, and then crashed it. Oh, my God. Yeah. I think we, I think we talked about that when it happened. Oh, no, I think we might even played audio from it. Because they had audio from the radio transmission after they scrambled jets to go and like intercept him. Crazy. Um, yeah. Yeah. So he must have known the buttons to press, which buttons or... to push to get that thing going. Okay. But I sent her a message last night, and I was like, "Does the plane have keys?" Well, this, <laughs> that's seriously. All, that's all I said. That's, that's what I was. I was wondering again. <laughs> stupid question, but I'm glad that you also didn't know the answer to this. I was just no, thinking, I did. I was like, like, "How do? You, who's the first person in? Who unlocks it? Yeah. Like you sit down, and then you. How do you get that thing going? And as you said, like, like I guess all those private planes, they have keys, but I assume the keys, yeah, probably just sit in the ignition and. Or I think you keep the key with you. Oh, okay. But it just there's no point to lock and... it. It's like a boat almost, right? Like oh. your boat sits there. Yeah, open to the elements, but you have the key with you, right? Uh, well, a you lot don't. Of the, no, in my parents' who you just leave, we just leave the key in them. In so the it'd boat. be super easy to steal a boat. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, I think a lot of people do that. It's one of those things though, where you know it's cottage life hashtag hashtag cottage life or cabin life. So everybody's like, ah, no one's gonna steal your boat. You'll be mm. fine unless you get one of those really expensive ones, and then you're probably gonna take your key with you. But, yeah, I would think so. Yeah, yeah. Are, no, ours is, is just sitting. Anybody who wants to go to Ontario right now, the boat is there with the key and the ignition. So it's pr it's pretty funny to think about a huge plane. I know, like a seven thirty seven having one key, I one know. silver key, and if you like, and you think about everything you have to get through to get to a commercial flight, you know what I mean? And the pilot gets through all the security Sits and down just, and oh, oh crap! 
Get no! It's in my dresser it's in at my, home. It's in my gym bag. I'm gonna have to run back. Okay, I'll be back <laughs> soon. Tight, everyone. VNS in 20 minutes or less. Got some Vancouver softness for you. Oh uh, yeah. This is from friend of the show Brett Forte, who is a local comedian. He was out in Vancouver and came across this poster for a missing dog. And it just has. A lot of information, as Brett said, it's too much unnecessary honesty. Can I read this to you? Yes, please. My fur baby Zoe, a mini Maltese, has been stolen. She was entrusted to the care of someone I thought I could trust, and he is now claiming that he gave her to the SPCA after spending three hours cleaning the excrement and blood and dirt out of her fur because she smelled so bad, which is totally untrue because I had given her a bath the night before we lied down because I was and still considering going to detox and or treatment. Oh Zoe God. is a white 12-year-old mini Maltese who is kind of shy around new people, but once she warms up to you, she will plant herself on your lap and you're lucky to get her off. She also has eye issues and has potentially got cataracts and may be going Holy blind, so approach her with caution and she may be frightened. I'm including my contact information and a photo of her as well. So once again, if you see or hear anything about her, please contact me. Wow. We got the full life story there, okay. didn't we? Okay, we sure did. Like, is this a, a an actual hunting poster or is this somebody just... Letting you know what they're feeling, you know, like <laughs> just a place to vent, maybe. Yeah, like just a little journal entry that they wanted to post for everybody to read. Wow. It sounds like this shouldn't go on a lost nope. dog poster. This you should take it to the person who had the dog last. Yeah, maybe that's not a hunting poster, by the way. When I said a lost dog poster, but typically don't hunt dogs. No, no. Can you please go hunt for my? Well, I mean, I guess if you're hunting for the dog, Man, but not... there were some feelings anyway, on that, that is, poster. Wow, that some is feelings. Yeah, I mean, yep. if a best friend said that to me, I think I'd be like, that's a lot of feelings. DNS in 20 minutes or less. Friend of the show, Chris, messaged us, and I think he's probably nailed down what's going on here. He said, because this person it, it was kind of talking like they're struggling with addiction in this poster. Yeah. So he said, it's very likely that the person that was entrusted with the dog was worried about the dog's welfare. Yeah. And then turned it over to the SPCA. So, I mean, this poster goes on and on about how... They weren't the bad guy, but I mean, they probably love their dog, of just course. maybe aren't in the, nope. the shape to look after it, right? When you so. even said that on the air, that's what I assumed it happened, yeah. Because you, you, he, he said he brought it to the SBCA, yeah. so I was like, yeah. So I hope it uh, doesn't sound like we're punching down at this person who's struggling with addiction. No, definitely not. It's just a lot to put on a, a lost poster. dog poster. Typically, it's just a description of the dog. Yep. Not like interpersonal relationships and strife. And Not a diary entry. So that's, that is correct. And you know what? Glass houses, we shouldn't be talking about how soft. My dad's been texting me all week saying like, oh, I see you guys have another heat warning. How soft is it in Calgary? He's like, oh, he always notices that we will have a heat heat warning a few degrees cooler than yes. Saskatoon is. And I was like, yeah, we've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. And you're, Toronto's you're not- is even more so. It, yeah, it all depends on each place has the own, like, it has to get down to a certain point at night and then it's gone. But if it stays in, above a certain temperature and that temperature is far lower here than it is in Ontario. Yeah, like we start getting a heat warning around, what, 27, 28 degrees? But again, it's that in a combination of, yeah, what it cools down to at night. Which is like 14 or something. But Right. In um, Toronto, I think it's like 22 or something at <laughs> I was, night. Like. I was going to say, it doesn't seem that hot. Like, our overnight low is 8 degrees below room temperature, right? and our daytime high is like 5 degrees above room temperature. That's not a huge swing. It's not so. at all. 14 degrees also, like, that's cold, okay? Yeah. Where it's cooling right down at night. Calm. I know. Like you We're could, soft. We're soft. You, you probably wouldn't. Uh, even at 14 degrees, if you were, like, naked outside, exposed to the elements, you would still probably 
feel it, wouldn't you? Like you would. Yes. I, I've talked about this before, but I remember learning about like that. It doesn't take very cold temperatures if you if you don't have some sort of shelter or protection to really start getting cold. Yep. So it surprises me that we'd still have a heat warning overnight because of that. Mm -hmm. We're soft. That's why. <laughs> the BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. I'm watching that Woodstock 99 documentary right now. Uh, have you seen it yet? Brad? No, I haven't, but everyone's saying it's great. It's insane. I, like, I haven't finished the series yet, but the, the crowd where I'm at is completely out of control. It is complete anarchy. It is insane. But uh, it's funny because there's not enough security to kind of rein everybody in, which means there's no rules. Everybody's doing whatever the hell they want, which means that a lot of people are naked. <laughs> Well, a lot of people were naked at the original Woodstock. Yes. So, I mean, to keep that spirit alive, someone's got to be naked. Yeah, but they didn't, if you were watching the documentary, they didn't keep that spirit alive in any other way aside from just being full out <laughs> naked. Like, they just decided, everybody was like, well, we're not going to wear clothing. Probably drugs, too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but then the, the Chili Peppers were playing, and Flea was also butt-ass naked. Like... Just That's right. Can't fully... remember seeing clips of that set, and mm -hmm. he is full raw, isn't Long he? Long John Silver just slapping his guitar. He is jumping around, and that thing is waving Willie like you can't. Okay, but wow. it, the bass is his bass is covering, right? You can't nope. really see his piss. Oh, weasel, you can, can you? see it. You can no? see it is very. It's all over the. In, yeah, it's impressive. Wow. Let me tell you. Yeah, if you wanted to see his ham candle, you just watch that documentary, <laughs> and it is all over. Like man, like the rest of the guys up are his clothed, and just, right? Yeah, everybody else is, and just flee. I wonder what that conversation is like before they go out on stage. And Flea's like, I think I'm going to go nude tonight. To be fair. Like, eh, really? Remember they used to put socks on there? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I do remember so, that. So, I mean, the precedent was set. It's close, right? They were close to being naked before, and then Flea just took it that one step further. <laughs> but I was like, could that be the most seen schmeckle in all of the world? Like, there were 250,000 people at that event live right then yeah. and there. Yeah. The most seen live Schmeckle, perhaps. Because we've talked about, you know, like the statue of David, and that would be the most seen Schmeckle, probably. But of but, like a, a real physical human with. Well, like a flapjack in the flesh, like yes, a live one. A flappy yeah, flapjack maybe. is right there. Yeah. Maybe that one. That one could was be. He, a... Was he on drugs at the time? Mm, or was that's he. Good question. Do you think that would encourage him to whip out his pork well, sword? I mean, you might need a little bit of encouragement to get out in front of a quarter million people. Well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, out, there's but... being comfortable in your skin, and then there's that <laughs> in front of 250,000 yeah. people and globally being broadcast live, and you're just there like, that is next level. Here's the pork sword right here. <laughs> the BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. The Little League World Series starts today. Yeah, it does. And TSN posted this video on their TikTok from what I'm guessing was one of the preliminary games. Uh, but it featured a team from Wyoming, and the kid who was up to bat was wearing leather work gloves. Of course he was. Like the brown leather gloves that you would see someone on, say, a ranch. That's amazing. Wear when they are working. You know and that's that kid's hardcore when you see that. You're that's like, what the yep. caption said. It said, you know when you see a kid wearing ranching gloves, and the kid's from Wyoming, he's going to be hitting dingers. <laughs> and sure enough... He launched a dong into the opposite field at, at that at-bat. Oh, my so, God. That's amazing. I wonder if that's just how he grew up playing. Because you think like batting gloves aren't that expensive, especially nope. compared to the cost of playing travel baseball. It's true. So he probably just prefers to wear his work gloves yeah, instead, maybe he of, does. <laughs> instead of batting gloves. That's old school. I like it. Amazing. Should be double night in the ballpark and check out the gear on this youngster from Wyoming. Are those ranching gloves? Well, he's finished his chores, and now he's about to take this pitcher deep into left. He's got cowboy boots on instead of cleats, and 
He has a fat lipper, and despite being just 11 years old... Well, those are farm years, Tabby. They're worth two city years. It's not right. He actually drove himself here. He's got a trailer full of horses he's hauling out to West Virginia, and he just stopped in along the way to hit a quick dinger. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. So... Angel dust was trending yesterday, Beckler. The drug? Well, this is... Okay, so when I was growing up, I remember people talking about angel dust. But I don't know if you heard this as well. The common rumor that I heard was that this was a drug, and if you took it, you had a 50-50 chance of dying. Whoa. This was the rumor that... I remember hearing that. Okay, okay. Because it's not true. I I think that's just a slang for, I don't know... PCP or something, maybe? Yeah, it is. It's PCP. Okay, because when we were growing up, no, there was this prevalent rumor that angel dust was this drug where, yeah, if you took it, there was a 50-50 shot of dying. So it was basically huh. like a just a roulette on your life. And I remember, like, this floated around forever, and everybody was like, man, angel dust seems so intense. Like, that's crazy. Why would anybody do that? And so, yeah, I saw this trending, and I was like, whoa, whoa, that brings me back. That seems... High. Yes. I, it can't be true. There's no way it's true, especially if it's just PCP. Like, PCP doesn't have a 50-50 chance of you dying, does it? Man, I don't really know much about that drug. I have, like, I don't know anybody who's ever done it. Or, like, I've never heard of it ever being around or anything. I The most I know about it is that Denzel Washington's character drugged Ethan Hawke's character on training day with it, right? Right. Okay, so that's PCP, the closest. Yeah, it is funny, though, because it's one of those... We used to do these presentations in school we had to do like a big poster board about the drugs and the negative effects of it and i remember like seeing pcp there yeah. but that's really it you're right i don't the know don't, anything else about it the don't do drugs presentation don't do drugs presentation so this here says as of 2017 in the united states 2.9 percent of people over the age of 25 have reported using pcp at some point in their lives so three percent of people in the united states over the age of 25. Well, I know uh, I know 100 people over the age of 25, and I don't think three of them have done PCP, nope. as far as I know. Although like maybe said, you just don't know. I don't know. But it, Maybe, yeah, maybe, but I mean... Or those drug presentations really worked, and the whole 50-50 shot at dying really scared people off that one. Maybe, yeah, but I, like I, said, I know people who have done all kinds of drugs, yeah. and I've, like I said, I've never ever heard of it being around or anything. No. So... No. I, yeah, I'm curious to know, because... You know, there's That's, some of those urban myths that float around, right? Like, I mean, Marilyn Manson and taking out a rib and then PCP and angel dust and this whole 50-50 shot at dying thing. Maybe it's just one of those. But One of those, like, 90s rumors that you 90s had rumors. no way of verifying or anything. You're just, you heard it from some kid at the park. Yeah. You're like, okay, I and you accept I guess it. so. You're just as, you're, yep, yeah, that's it, yeah. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Etymology with Shauna. So this one's a little bit different, but I found the etymology of different Star Wars character names. All right. And if you're a Star Wars nerdlinger, I'm sure you know this, but let's if not, then... Let's do some neckbeard in here. Let's do some neckbeard Okay, so Darth Vader, uh, pretty simple. A blend of dark and death makes Darth, and Vader is Dutch for father. So Dark Death Father is kind of what that means, right? So did the Dutch know the twist to that movie? I guess maybe Uh, not. No, because he would have been named after. I mean, I don't know if they'd ever put two together. Was there like a hint? Was that a hint if you spoke any Dutch? I don't think so. You okay. really, you really have to dig deep. But who knows? I mean, and then if you're a Star Wars star linger, then maybe, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I knew all along. <laughs> Look at his name, uh, RT R2D2 rather. So this was conceived in the editing room for George Lucas's film American Graffiti, 
And the editor used to say R2-D2 as a short form for the term real to dialogue to, which, of course, is an editing term. Okay. And George Lucas just kind of liked the sound of R2-D2, that <laughs> short form he used. And cool. Was like, okay, we'll name it that. Uh, Yoda is either from the Sanskrit, where Yoda means warrior, or Hebrew, where Yoda means one who knows. So it's from one of those. One We're of not those sure. Two. We're not sure which. Uh, Boba Fett was named after a character from George Lucas's, again, American Graffiti, that film. Uh, the, the character is Bob Falfa. And so Boba Fett's name actually got it from Bob mm, Falfa. Okay. Uh, Chewbacca. So the most popular theory is that it's from the Russian word Sobaka, which means dog. And that the creation of this, you know, gentle, hairy, kind of non-English-speaking co-pilot, which is what Chewbacca was, was inspired by George Lucas seeing his dog sitting up in the passenger seat of his car. And so <laughs> that's, that's cool. Why he I came like that, that one. Uh, and then the term Wookiee came from voice actor Terry McGovern when he was doing voiceover for tra or, uh, for George Lucas's very first film when he was directing. And I guess McGovern was like improvising these different lines that were supposed to be set into a radio. And one of the things he said is, I think I just ran over a Wookiee. And George Lucas heard that and was like, Wookiee. And so he kept that in his back pocket. So this like, dude, I'm going to use this. Terry McGovern came up with it. Terry McGovern did. And George Lucas just kind of kept it around until Star Wars came. I was like, Wookiee, that's a good term. I like it. I'm using it. Man, I'd never really thought about, like, if you're building a world like he did, mm -hmm. how you'd have to name all this stuff, and where are you going to draw inspiration from? I know. And I'm wondering if he had a notebook, you know, where he'd, like, mm -hmm. write things along the way like, and say, oh, that like, I kind of cool. like this, yeah. let's write this down, and then he kind of went <laughs> back to them later and used them. So there you go. Etymology with Shauna. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. A Calgary Heritage Moment. One of Calgary's most notorious criminals was a man by the name of Ernest Cashel, who was known for his ability to break out of prison. Ernest was born in Kansas in 1882, and his life of crime began shortly thereafter at the young age of 14. This was just after he and his two brothers were abandoned by his mother, who decided to move to Pinoca, leaving Cashel to his own devices. Cashel traveled around the U.S. gambling, cheating, and stealing to make ends meet, and it wasn't long before he wound up in jail. He managed to escape, however, but was rearrested just three months later. Believe it or not, Cashel managed to escape yet again, this time to Pinoca, Alberta, to hide out at his mother's house. Here, he wasn't known, so he led a fairly normal life, working first as a ranch hand before trying his luck as a barber in Calgary. When his hairdressing career failed, he returned to crime and began forging checks. As Calgary businesses caught wind of the forgery, they offered up a description to Calgary police, who, with the assistance of the Northwest Mounted Police, tracked Cashel down. Calgary's police chief at the time, Thomas English, arrived to escort Ernest back to Calgary via train when he fell for the oldest trick in the book. Cashel was at first wearing leg irons and handcuffs. However, Chief English took off the leg shackles to allow Cashel to accompany him for dinner. Cashel then stated the need to use the bathroom, to which Chief English obliged. The chief stood outside the bathroom door, but after a few minutes realized Cashel wasn't coming out. Sure enough, Cashel had climbed out the train bathroom window and had escaped despite the train traveling at 20 miles an hour. The chief then tried to hunt Cashel down, but he was long gone. There were many sightings of Cashel reported as he stopped by several farmhouses with colorful tales of why he needed to stay overnight, assist in work, or borrow a horse or clothing. But with every instance, by the time the farm owners caught wind of who he was, he was already on to the next. One of the men who Cashel allegedly borrowed a horse from eventually wound up missing, and his corpse was later found in the river. At this point, Cashel's crimes had finally caught up to him, and he was once again captured, jailed, and sentenced to be hanged by the jury. 
That should be the end of the story, but rumors began swirling that the famous hole-in-the-wall gang, of which Butch Cassidy was a part, were planning to break Cashel out of jail. Cashel's brother then visited him in jail, slipped two loaded revolvers through the jail cell bars, and Cashel held up two guards at gunpoint, demanding they open his cell. They did, and he walked out into the night saying, Goodbye, boys, as he calmly departed once again. The Calgary Daily Herald wrote about this escape and called it the greatest manhunt in the history of the territories. The manhunt continued for 45 days, but he was eventually recaptured and hanged just nine days later. Sixty years after Cashel's death, a note was donated to the Glenbow Museum that Cashel had left while on the run. It says, Advice to young men. Stay at home. Shunt novels, bad company, and cigarettes. Don't do anything, boys. You're afraid to let your mother know. Solid advice to this day. This has been a Calgary Heritage Moment. You've been listening to the BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. You want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative X92.9. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at X92.9.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have BNS in 20 Minutes or Less downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later.